0: You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast now on Google Play. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.
1: Hello and welcome to the Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider podcast. My name is Rachel Adams, I'm Managing Editor of Natural Products Insider. And today I have with me Jennifer Cooper, who is the Chief Scientific Officer at Savant Science. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hi, Rachel. I'm good. Thank you. I'm so glad that we could have you on the podcast today, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer is going to be presenting at Supply Side West in Las Vegas during our workshop titled Supporting the Cycle, Solutions to Manage Stress and Improve Sleep, which takes place on Wednesday, October 16th at 1.30 p.m. Um, And she's going to be talking in this session all about uh, the microbiome, the gut-brain access, and what the impact is on stress and sleep, which I think is going to be so interesting, and I'm really excited for it. And what's really awesome is we get a sneak peek today on the podcast. So uh, let's go ahead and get into some questions. Let's start by looking at the microbiome kind of from a more more broad perspective. Um, So the the microbiome, it's not really a secret. This is uh, the microbiome and its impact on health has become increasingly popular um, among consumers and the science community. Um, Jennifer, from your perspective, why would you say that is?
0: Undoubtedly, one of the greatest health-related scientific discoveries of our lifetime, and it'll be right up there with the sequencing of the human genome, is the sequencing of the microbiome. There was previously a misnomer that we are only 10% human and that our, our foreign bacterial cells outnumber us 10 to 1. The number is actually closer to 50-50, However, our foreign bacteria have 100 to 150 times the genetic potential and diversity of our own DNA. And this means that they have 150 times the genes that can be flipped on and off through various stimuli, like interaction with each other and dietary metabolites, exercise, diet, and when those genes flip on, they produce proteins and hormones and other signal molecules, and they interact with our own genes to turn our genes on and off. And so, it has a very profound impact. Uh, they make the uh, the microbiota that live within our gut make over 30 different kinds of neurotransmitters that are identical to the ones that we make in our brain. They make thousands of immune or inflammation modulating molecules and our gut contains over a hundred million neurons and this joint activity in the gut between our our uh our infrastructure there and the gut produces 80 percent of our immune cells which also um, modulate have a modulatory impact on brain health and health all over our body And the ability to really manipulate this population for our good is a major constituent of epigenetics and personalized nutrition, which are also going to be great scientific trends that are going to change medicine as we know it today. And so uh, the microbiome and how it interacts with our own physiology is an important and emerging area of study. And a lot of people don't really know this, but the gut is the most exposed environment and our primary interface with the outside world. It manages all this third party population, but it's also all of this third party uh, information that comes in in the in the form of food or dangerous substances toxic things from our environment and the actual surface area of the gut is enormous the folds and the little microvilli protect um, projections in the lining make the surface area you know about 2700 square feet and that's the size of a tennis court and it's a hundred times greater than the surface area of our skin so when you have this tremendous interface that is managing and sorting all of the stimuli that we receive from the outside world, and we used to really think that our brain's managing what we hear and what we see and what we touch, but now we know that it gets all kinds of feedback from the outside world as well. It's no wonder that we've really noticed that um, gastrointestinal complaints are associated with disease, with other uh, other serious illnesses, including depression, anxiety, insomnia, and many other diseases that we previously only thought of as mental illnesses. So you can see, I'm very passionate about the <laughs> science and the um, all of the interesting things related to uh, the gut and gut health. There.
1: So I I think. While you were talking just now, I think that there were at least, I would say, 17 moments when I said in my head, whoa, (laughs) because there's so (laughs) many interesting things. Um, And just so it's like kind of mind blowing, Um, like when you're talking about the surface area of the gut and how um, and talking about all the ways that the gut can impact all these different areas of our health and how personal it is, um, like how it can affect each of us differently. Um, or, how what is going on in our gut affects each of us differently. Um, it really uh, gives perspective to the potential here when we're talking about the gut and we're talking about the microbiome and we're talking about health. So, I it's do. So true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I do. Um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about the gut brain access and the microbiome when we're talking about the microbiome and its impact on uh, cognitive health and on the brain are we immediately talking about are we automatically talking about the gut brain access is there a difference there can you give us some clarity around those two terms and kind of what lens we're looking through here
0: sure so when we when we uh, talk about the microbiome we're usually talking about uh, we we're usually talking about who lives in our gut—the microbiota, the families of organisms and individual organisms that live in the gut. Um, when we talk about the gut-brain axis, we're really talking about this very sophisticated nervous system interaction that uh, you know is that can be mediated by these. Um, postbiotic production of uh, metabolites from the microbiota. And so the gut, as I mentioned, is innervated by uh, the enteric nervous system, and it goes all the way from the esophagus to the anus, and it has all of these millions of neurons and more neurons even than in the spine. And that's why we call it the second brain and all of these neurotransmitters that can be produced. But also when we kind of looked at the, when we look at the microbiome, When we first started sequencing the microbiome, we really thought that we would find this core group of organisms, that no matter where you lived on the planet, they would basically be common in human beings, regardless of culture and food consumption and exposure, environmental exposure. And surprisingly, we found that more than 80% of an individual's microbiome is unique to them. And... When we didn't find these core organisms, what we found is that there are certain functions that we rely on in a symbiotic way with our with our microbiota. There are certain core functions that we rely on that even if the same organisms weren't present in every person, that those functions were conserved. And so the inherent variability in an individual's microbiome and its impact on everything from GI function and immunity and brain brain health and metabolism and even the pharmacokinetics of drugs gives us really a better understanding of why we see variation. Some clinical trials and and in the area of depression and mental health, they're very famous for having a lot of variability between individuals. And we're just barely starting in GI studies maybe to pre-sequence people's um, pre-sequence People's uh, gut microbiota as a condition to get into the clinical study, but we I see a world where we should be screening gut microbiota prior to any type of clinical study. We see there was just a brand new study published. Um, this year showing that they tested 217 common types of medications and many of those were uh, for uh, for treating depressive and disorders and mental illness and they found that almost 200 of them so just under 200 of those were metabolized in some way by the microbiome and then when we see that the microbiome isn't that there's tremendous variability between the microbiome. It explains a lot about why people try different drugs and have different effects and then we we try a different one and see if they get a better um, outcome from that and it explains a lot about these famously mixed studies and the other area we are famously get poor data out of clinical studies is in the area of weight management which we're not Mm -hmm. focused on today we have had a lot of poor we spent billions of dollars on a pharmaceutical side not just Our industry is interested in it, but on a pharmacy, it would be the holy grail to have a good weight management drug and we just don't have one. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the explanations of this is the variability in the microbiome from individual to individual. And so It explains so much and it certainly has this tremendous impact, this two-way street of communication. Then when we start to look at the gut-brain axis and say, okay, it's a two-way street of communication between the gut and the brain, uh, it starts to explain again how there's another level of complexity as it pertains to um, brain health. And then we take it, this is a system in the body that's constantly evolving and under, contact, under attack. And it starts when we're born and it can be impacted even at birth by um, the mother's diet during pregnancy and breastfeeding and cesarean section and stress and and other types of uh, duress that an infant can be under in the first couple of years of life. And we see real strong links between um, allergic disease and and um, and also some ability in terms of coping with stress and things like that that can be set very early in life related to that. And then as we age, our microbiota changes and. We see changes in sleep and stress, also related to that. But we also see, and we're not surprised by this now, changes in um, GI function and lots of complaints in elderly on um, digestive issues, as well as uh, changes in their ability to sleep and also in how they cope and feel stress. And so, it's so the the connection is. Um, Really well established in the scientific literature between the microbiome and and brain health, where the the science on how to modulate that via probiotics and lifestyle factors and diet and all of that is still um, is still emerging, right?
1: So, I'm. Did I answer your question, Rachel? <laughs> you did. You did. Absolutely. Um, so what I'm like, I I am always like thinking kind of through two lenses I'm thinking through like my lens as a consumer, because I am a consumer of, you know, information and a consumer of supplements and stuff like that. But I'm also like looking through kind of the industry lens. And so what I'm thinking of is from both sides as a consumer and as someone who uh, would be in the natural products industry, maybe looking to create a product that would provide solutions and would impact the gut really what I'm thinking is like where would I even start um, it seems like it's such a complex area but it's such an important area and there's so much potential that it's like you don't necessarily want to step back and you know take your hands back and say oh, well I don't know where to start so let's just let's just sit on it and watch (laughs) Um, I guess before we get into where where would you start or how would you be able to use this information or what does the science say that can maybe help us draw more conclusions I want to first talk about the variability side of it so this kind of lens I'm going through is I feel like we have to talk first about why there's so much variability because I feel like that's an important piece of this puzzle you might say
0: Wow, well, I think that might be one of the great mysteries of the universe oh. <laughs> why there's so much
1: variability in
0: in the in the uh, in the makeup of the organisms in the in the gut. I think that I mentioned that you know childhood and how we get started in life has a it has an important impact on that and so um, right, right. our environment has a really um a uh, significant impact on that uh, some someone once asked one of our great researchers in the category you know what would you do to what would you do to you know because they were saying what I was saying and they and they were impressed by all that we could do to improve microbiome health and the impact it might have and they said well what would you do for your family for this. And he said, get a dog oh. <laughs> because we we live in this environment and our house is, has its own microbiome and it's impacted by the cleaning of chemicals that we use and it's impacted by um, who lives there and the pets that we have and everything. That being said, we don't have control over our environment, and and we don't have control over the circumstances of our of our birth and our in our childhood anymore. Although there might be some important learnings for uh, early childhood nutrition in this literature as well, but but uh, you know what's important, and one of the reasons why this this is one this is such a great scientific. Uh, area of discovery is that it's one of the areas that, unlike the programming of our genes for certain diseases and all of that, that we can't change our genes per se, we can change, we have the potential, and this is why it's important for consumers too, that are more proactive and more advocates for preventive healthcare and also more holistic healthcare, treating the organism as a whole is that we have the ability to intervene here this is the the very nature of its of its constant exposure to the outside world means that we have the opportunity to intervene and uh probiotics offer one of those options and there's a lot of great literature on probiotics on various health conditions and and now we can see and and when this literature first started coming out we we've been very focused on probiotics for decades for the stuff that's um that's very specifically related to the gut so first gi diseases and then and gi function and and diarrhea and constipation and all the normal stuff you would think of as gi health and then we started to focus on immunity but then when people started to talk about brain health they said oh you know how can something that's treating the gastrointestinal tract have have broader systemic effects and even have an effect in the brain but there was some uh You know, that original data was treated with some amount of suspicion because that can't really be true. But the the we now know and as we've established these mechanisms that create these systemic effects and have an effect on the heart and the brain and and inflammation all over the body. And everything we now have this tremendous opportunity to be able to intervene and and have a more holistic approach. And in medical school, we're very focused on an organ. That's how we go through the system. And 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 uh, trained physicians is to think about the brain and then think about the heart and and. And this broad of effect across a myriad of diseases is not something in that segmentation teaching model that we um, really prepare, uh, prepare physicians for. And from a consumer standpoint, whether it's there's some great data on probiotics in a variety of conditions and this this information validates that it can help more than just gi related diseases whether you're interested in brain health or or you have other goals from a, a healthy lifestyle perspective and so and and the other thing is is that because lifestyle has a great impact on it you know, take improving your lifestyle at the same time that you're um, taking a probiotic and a prebiotic can, you know, continue to uh exponentially increase the benefits of your lifestyle changes or exponentially increase the the benefits of your probiotic if you're investing in a probiotic. And so it's one of the great areas of prophylactic biohacking. You want to make a difference in your health. This is the place to intervene. You can't change your DNA, but you can change the ratio of the families of bacteria in your gut in a way that is more health-promoting and that can have a really meaningful and long-term effect on your
1: health. Well, I I love this. I think this was exactly, you right out of the gate hit the nail on the head, like, as to what my question was, um, which was, my question was kind of long-winded, and a little bit all over the map, but I think the really important takeaway here is that this is something that can be modified. Even though there's a lot of variability, um, there's so many ways to to modify it, and there's so much potential to modify it in ways that can benefit health. And so for, um, I mean, either lens through for consumers or for uh, people who are maybe product developers or working in the, the dietary supplement or the natural products industry, um, it's figuring out what solutions and you talked a little bit about some you talked about probiotics and i'm sure that there's um, a lot more ground um, that you're going to cover at supply side west as far as looking at the science and figuring out um, what we can do to impact um, the microbiome so i i'm Really excited! I'm excited. Um, it's great that we're going to have more time to dive into this at Supply Side West because I think that there's a wealth of information here, and and I know that you you've presented at Supply Side West before. We're so happy to have you back, and I know um, you always provide a really engaging session with lots of insights. So I'm very much looking forward to it well thank you i you know I always love it with people that are interested
0: in the science and and then want to know how it can how they can use that to make significant and important changes in their life and I think this is one of the best areas where we're talking about from a product development standpoint or from a consumer standpoint where the changes we make can really um change the health of for ourselves and our families so i'm excited about this session a whole session is going to be great and i'm especially you know uh excited about the science on the microbiome and the gut brain access
1: yes absolutely and i i agree this is going to be a fantastic session overall we're covering Um, kind of all facets, I would say, of sleep and stress. We're going to be looking at the market. We're going to be looking at stress specifically, sleep specifically. And then we're going to be looking at the microbiome as well and reviewing science and solutions from from all angles. So it's going to be a great session. I'm going to go ahead and just reiterate the details. Uh, It's called Supporting the Cycle, Solutions to Manage Stress and Improve Sleep. That's Supply Side West in Las Vegas on Wednesday, October 16th at 1.30 p.m. And Jennifer, I'm looking forward to seeing you there.
0: Thank you. Likewise, Rachel. Thanks for your time today. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. This edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast is brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.